0: to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know that I am excited that you are here with us today. So as you listen to the show every week, right, changing your sales game, whatever that means to you, to help you on that journey, you know I have a gift for you. In the show notes, you'll find my communication style assessment to free link. Take it, you'll get two reports first report will spotlight your natural communication superpowers. It's kind of how people, how your message is landing when you're talking to other humans, because that's who we speak with. The flip side, your lowest score, you'll get a secondary report spotlighting that. That one for me really shines a light on potential blind spots you might have. So again, the show notes have the link, please take it. And I truly hope, hope it helps you change your sales game or change your career or change your, you fill in the blank, right? With whatever you're trying to change in your life and business and career. Now, my motivational quote today, you know, I always like to start to set the table for my guests and I, our our conversation is by Bruce Lee. And Bruce says, knowledge will give you power, the character respect. Now I love talking about sales. It's my favorite thing to do. And most of you, if you've been following me for a while, or have been trained by me, or whatever, you know my motto for sales is: we have to sell through love, care, and respect. And the key word for me is that word respect. I think is probably the most important word that I live not only my life, but also my uh, through my business. And I sell that way with my clients as well. Now, I believe we have one of the most important jobs in the world as sales as salespeople or business owners. We are here to serve and help people with our products or services, whatever, to help their life, to help their career, to help their business, whatever it is that you're offering. Um, to your potential client or your best client. Now I want people to feel better after speaking with me than they did before they ever met me. And this matters. This really is at the core of who I am and matters greatly. So sales and respect are two words that I believe should be married together every time we go into a sales conversation with a prospect, a center of influence and or an existing client. So who is my amazing guest today that we're going to dig into this whole sales philosophy? Her name is Justine Beauregard. Now, Justine has been a sales coach and trainer since 2008. She's helped hundreds of small business and entrepreneurs increase their income by up to 2,300%. Yes, 2,300%. And by the way, she has fun doing it. So please help me welcome Justine to the show. So kiddo, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I need to go get that assessment right away. I'm like, I could just listen to you all day. Why am I here? Oh, oh, you're so cute. You know, it's funny. I recorded another show earlier today and we were talking about business and blind spots and all of that. And I said, you know, I think sometimes we forget when, because you've been in training too, right? That when we teach, people look at us and they say, well, I can't do that because they're comparing, they're 23 years old, just starting out. And they're comparing us to, you know, I probably have trained 40, 50,000 people, you know, over that four decades. Why would you compare yourself to me? You're setting yourself up for failure, but as leaders and sales leaders, right? We forget that we once didn't know what the heck we were doing either. So it's just funny how totally. we show up bigger, um, you know, once you have, you know, 2008, you, this isn't your first rodeo either. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool when people, and it's funny because when people read like your bio and I always tease and I go, oh, I want to hire her. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, it's good. I mean, we—it's so interesting because I was just going through. I was recording a podcast for my own show, which is called People Over Profit, and one of the episodes is about the difference between marketing and sales, which I find really fascinating. That people mm-hmm. don't know what the difference is, even when they're entrepreneurs or in business for decades, right? Like sometimes people just don't get the the nuance between it. So, as I was recording them, I said. This one part about how when I was learning to be a sales trainer, it was not an inherent skill, right? I knew how to sell, but I didn't know how to train other people what I was doing because why would I, right? Like I couldn't even figure out how what I was doing was even working at that point. I had to go through a process of You know, trial and error and think about, well, the way that that makes sense to me doesn't make sense to them. So I have to find a different way in. And that strengthens your ability to sell because you learn your communication style. Like you said, with your assessment, you learn what other people's blind spots are and what maybe feels like, you know, something very obvious to you that's actually within your own blind spot because that part of your sales process just comes naturally to you. So when you say, you know, just say this thing and they're like, well, tell me exactly. I want, I want a script. And you're like, no, 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 you, you, you don't want a script. And they're like, but I need a script because I don't understand what you're trying to convey there. And I need a way to wrap my brain around it. And so that process took a long time. And, and one of the things that I mentioned was there were actually people who didn't want to work on the same shift as me, because they were like, I'm overwhelmed with like having to learn this entirely new sales process. I just want to do it the way I was doing it. I don't want to be trained a different way. And getting them enrolled and getting them on board was a form of selling too. And so all of these things, it's, you know, we learn it, but I think actually training is in any capacity deepens our understanding of a topic and makes us better at sales inherently, because as we do those activities, we get better at communication, we get better at active listening, we get better at all of these fundamental human skills,
0: which are also sales skills. It's so true. And I am giggling because so you know, when I'm training now, whether it's virtual or live, and I'll say something, somebody will ask me a question, I'll go, Oh, I think I would phrase it this way. Right. And it comes out of my mouth. I don't, it, because 40 years, it's part of my DNA now, right? I don't even have to think about it because I probably had that experience 20 times, right? During the 40 years. So I'll respond and people will go, wait, say that again. I want to write it down. I go, no, 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 no. You can never say it like me, right? Because I'm coming from a different age group, female versus male, whatever it is. So I said, but let who think of your client that that just you popped into your head as I was saying, whatever it was I was saying. And I go, now let's frame it in your language. Same same template, right? Let's get the concept down, the essence of what that question was or that that comment that I made. But now you have to make it yours. You can't talk like me and I can't talk like you. And as soon as we see, that's why the communication style is so critical. I have to understand my strengths and blind spots because by the way, when we're selling, sometimes we're talking to people who communicate 180 degrees different than me. So what do you say? Oh, well, I'm not going to make that sale because they talk differently than me. No, you figure out, well, what do they need from me so -hmm. that my message lands the way they're I'm transmitting, but they're receiving it the way they need to receive it. And once you understand how you communicate and what your strengths are and potential blind spots, now all of a sudden we're engaging more deeply. And in this case, right with humans, whoever the other human is, no matter what we're selling. Um, So that's that's such an important thing. And the other thing I wanted to comment on, as soon as we start teaching the concept that we've been living and breathing... People ask us questions. Well, wait a minute, what about this? What about this? What about this? And all of a sudden we're giving examples. So next time you teach that same concept, you're including their 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 questions, you're answering right within. So teaching makes us better at and then fill in the blank again with whatever we're selling. So it's all about skill development. And you know, my you have younger children. My kids are, you know, in their 20s, they're in their they're in the throes of their career. And all I keep saying when they have a bad day. You're learning from that experience. Mm -hmm. You're building your resume. You're building your business chops. It's all good. Trust me, 10 years from now, you're going to look back on whatever that experience was and say, holy smokes, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned this and I wouldn't have applied it and I wouldn't have gotten that promotion or whatever. It's all together. But when you look at the individual, like you're saying that individual skill, you, you're like, we have it? So you have to have, and that's why you talking about the process is critical because habits are good, but if they're organized Duplicatable, repeatable. Now we're thriving, us as salespeople, but us as trainers, as or teachers, um, as well. So it all it all fits together. Um, what we're gonna, and especially what we're gonna talk about today. So hopefully everybody's excited listening, thinking, "Ooh, ooh, I want more from Justine and Connie now." (laughs) All right. So tell me, I want you to define what do you think, and I'm going to do air quotes if if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. What does good selling look like? I'd I'd like to see your vantage point on this. Hmm. I
1: think it's so interesting because what I find in doing this work all the time and working with different people all the time is my answer changes all the time. Like sometimes I'm leaning more into like good selling is really being a good human. It's Mm -hmm. listening to people. It's being with them in the moment. It's having compassion. Sometimes like this week, what I would say to you right now, actually, what is great selling? Because a lot of the conversations I've been having with clients and prospects and all these people is maintaining great levels of curiosity because so many people make statements and that is very closed ended versus I just want to understand more. I just want to be with you in this moment. And that's that's near and dear to my heart because I think sales only works when you remain curious. And the minute you start sharing your own opinions or Telling people how to feel, you take away their ability to be the hero at the center of the story. And I remember one of my coaches saying to me, you always want your clients to be the star. And I said that's exactly what I want, but not just my clients. I want everybody to be the star. I want my husband to be the star of our relationship. I want my kids to feel like the star. I want my clients to feel like the star. I want myself sometimes to feel like the star. So What do I need to do to make everybody feel like I am being with them? I'm being present. I'm giving them mindful attention that they're important to me, that I care about them. And all of that is rooted in curiosity instead of just doling out my thoughts and opinions without a care for what they have to think or say or feel about that topic.
0: Yeah, I love that word curiosity. I I think if I had to pick a word, it would two words for me would be I'm always respectful to whoever the other human is because I do see people are dealing with something. Everyone is. So yeah. I I always try to be very human, right? Compassionate, whatever. So respectful. That's the word that comes to mind for me. And the other word would be curious. So I'll give you a real quick example. I have a client up in New Hampshire, corporate client bank. And um I I did a a quick um like a quick speaking thing for them. They were kicking off a program and they were going to do a bunch of training. So one of the business development officers emails me and says, okay, I'm curious. Um, how should I follow up? So I thought, well, follow up on what after networking and email? Like what after a meeting? Like I brown me. So I emailed her and I said, I don't know how to answer this. I know what my follow up process is. I don't know what your follow up process should be. Can we jump on a call? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She, we get on a call. I I was hysterical because I what did I do? I asked questions. I was curious. And I said, talk to me. You've asked me this question. Where did it come from? I, I know you're asking because something happened. And We ended up and I asked more questions and more questions and more questions. She did most of the talking. So at the end, and I said, you realize it's not just follow-up. You're talking about a whole business development process. Here's where it sounds like you broke, you you know, you were in stride and then you kind of collapsed and now you're trying to get back. And she goes, yes. She goes, how did you just do that? So it's called curiosity. Notice I could have emailed you and said, oh, here's my follow-up process. That's what you should do. Right. How do I know what you should be doing? I don't know the circumstance. So until I fully understand, I'm mindful, I'm all the things you just said, I can't really give you an answer, but I find most people try to give that knee-jerk reaction where I say, okay, I know I can help you, but I have like 10 questions to ask you before I even weigh in what my thoughts are. And they go, well, oh, th- this is the key,
1: right? Is I know I can help you. Yeah. and <laughs> Right. Like no matter what it is, sure. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Like, let me, let me know all the things, but Is it helpful when someone gives you a vague question to give a very detailed reply? No, right? It's a mismatch. So is it helpful to figure out what they're talking about and walk them through something? And oftentimes it doesn't take that long. And this is one of the biggest myths that I like to debunk is a lot of people think that, you know, great selling, you know, I have a client who is very set on this idea that She works with individuals and companies and she told me on our last conversation, well, you know that my sales cycle is going to be a lot longer for companies. I said, do I know that? And she goes, well, you know, there's levels of approval and it takes longer and you got to get them to buy in and all the things. And I said, tell me more about that. And so we start going deeper and talking more and I start asking more questions and, and she goes, Oh, well, I get I guess it doesn't have to take that long. And so as she's thinking, she's convincing herself of what I already know, which is that's a story. That's, that's not right. fact. That's right. Let's get to the root of it. Right. And so then we end the conversation and I go, so what's your best next step? And she goes, I think I'm going to close this person tomorrow. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's just, you know, it's that perspective. And I think part of it too, one of the things when you were talking about respect, I wrote down this phrase platinum rule. And I think we're raised being taught the golden rule. Yeah. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And sure. I think another form of saying what is great selling is living by the platinum rule how do others want to be treated and you don't know that without curiosity and you have to sometimes right. default to the golden rule before you get to know somebody but ideally You want to operate within your client's favorite communication style. If they like texting versus email or, you know, I have clients who are leadership coaches and some of the people they work with are CEOs of companies and they're very busy and they're traveling all around and they're never in one place. And they're like, well, I emailed him five times and he didn't get back to me. And I go, okay, well, did you call him? Did you text him? How does he like to be communicated with? They go, I don't know. Okay question one in your onboarding questionnaire, how do you like to be contacted? Now she texts him five minutes later, he's getting right back to her. I'm like, see, now you know, but that is living by the platinum rule. You might like to email, but you're not going to get a response that way very quickly. And if you want the response, go to the platinum rule. And so that's another way to respect people, to make it easier. And it doesn't take any effort
0: to do it. It's true. And it's so funny because I have clients who they say, Connie, I want you live. And I say, you understand it's costing you more. I know. I want you life. And th- okay. That my job is to help them with their sales culture and their sales, you know, acumen within the organization, all their salespeople. people, Okay. You understand, I'm transparent. It's costing you more. And they say, I know, but I want you here. Okay. So, and then other people, I give the options and they say, Oh, well, that one sounds more affordable. And we could even dig in a little deeper when we do it virtually, right? It's, it's, it's not like from a fire hose when I'm live because I have them for six hours, right? I'm, I'm talking fast and I'm trying to get as much information at, versus when we do it, it's over a period of time. Every, but I have to understand what the client, it doesn't matter what I think is the best. What's right. the best for them? For They know their employees. They know what they want. They want the vibe of X, Y, Z. That's my job to deliver. We have to listen. We're really just seeing, you know, I think six second attention span, right? Humans, goldfish have a seven. I know people laugh. I say that frequently, but it's important to understand. We take turns talking at each other, not mm-hmm. with each other. And see, when I mentioned respect, you wrote, it popped into your head but you didn't leave the conversation. You just wrote platinum rule and you were still engaged with me. Yeah. We we go into our own minds and forget that we're talking with another human. And in sales, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what they think, what they think they need, what they really need. But I have to, I have, to have that conversation to uncover that. Another question I'm interested, because I know you deal, I deal more corporate side. I know you yeah. deal more small business side, right? But why don't people get paid well for their expertise, especially business owners.
1: <laughs> there are so many reasons why people don't get paid well for their expertise. I think it's so interesting because I, when I talk to people about pricing, a lot of people out of the gate as a sales coach, I'm curious if you get asked about pricing a lot too. I get asked about pricing almost, it's almost one of my top questions. I don't know how to price my offers. I don't know if it's priced right. Everybody has money objections. It's always about like the money piece doesn't feel accurate. And I know you're a big fan and I'm a big fan of not even hearing objections on sales calls. I told somebody the other day, I don't remember the last time somebody objected to an offer that I made. Exactly. Which is intentional, right? But it's funny because we spend all this time preparing for objections and feeling like our price is off and all of these things. Who's setting the price? You. You need to believe in the value of your offer. And I think a lot of people struggle to wrap their head around the fact that there are quantifiable results and there are qualitative results. And even your qualitative results have a quantifiable metric attached to them. Right. And so it's Thinking about, and people say this differently, but I was even on a a training the other day when they were talking about what's your value equation, right? Like think about all the things sometimes. And I love this story. Tell me if you've heard this before, but Pablo Picasso is in a market and a woman walks up to him and says, can you make me a self-portrait? And he says, absolutely. And he grabs a pen and a piece of paper. And 30 seconds later, he hands her The portrait and says, that will be $10,000. And she goes, what? That took you 30 seconds. And he pauses, makes eye contact with this woman and says, that took me 30 years. And I love that story because it is so visual of, we have so many things that we're innately experts at and so many things that we have worked for tirelessly, for years to build. We have invested in degrees and courses and certifications and coaching and all of these pieces. And we've invested our time and our energy and our attention to these things. We've poured our hearts and souls into things. And then we say, well, I just want to make sure the price is right. And we're trying to tie a lot of experts, I find, tie, try to tie their personal value to the value of what they sell. And those are not the same things. You cannot quantify your value as a human being and everything that you bring to the table. But you can, you know, create these qualitative metrics and quantifiable metrics around what you deliver. And so I think the more people recognize these are those line items, and sometimes it's actually the antithesis of a value. It's the mistakes, the cost associated with things that you didn't have before you had these skills that you built, right? Like there were so many missed opportunities and so many things, those all have value. And so I think it's because a lot of people don't have a simple answer to how do I price my offer to sell? And my answer is always, just check off a couple boxes. Number one, are you excited to sell the offer at whatever price point that you set? Because if you're excited, you could sell the same thing for 50 bucks or $50,000 and you could sell the hell out of it because your magnetism and joy for that offer radiates. And it's, that's the same thing as religion. It's a belief system right? And that's contagious. When you believe it, other people believe it. Number two, do you feel like it's exciting for them to hear it? And usually it's not at all about the price. It's about the outcome. And that's another mistake that people make as they get into, I'm selling you, for instance, a set of tools, or I'm selling you a course. I don't care, What you're selling me. I don't care if it's a course, if it's a program, if it takes six weeks, if it takes six months, if it takes six years. I want the thing at the end of the tunnel. And usually the example I give around this is weight loss because it's easy for everybody to understand. So I'll say, if you want to lose 20 pounds and you go into a gym tomorrow and this personal trainer you meet says, Connie, I can help you lose 15 pounds in 15 weeks. It's going to be easy. You don't have to change your diet at all. You only have to work out two days a week for 15 minutes. You're going to have a great time. I'm going to give you all of your supplements. I'm going to cook all of your food. No worries, right? And everything's taken care of. And that's $10,000, right? And then another person says, all right, you want to lose weight? Here's what you got to do. You can only eat oatmeal three times a day. Oatmeal. That's all you get. You have to run 10 miles every single day. And you have to do these specific workouts. And if you can't do it, there's no modifier. You got to do it. You got to figure out a way to do it. And you're sitting there listening to this person. You're going, what the heck? And they cost the same. Even though that second person, they might look better. They might be in better shape personally. They might be, you know, the epitome of what you're looking for. You don't want it, it's too much effort, it's too much sacrifice. They're not excited to buy it. So even when that person is excited to sell it and knows and believes that it's gonna work because maybe it worked for them, you're gonna go with option A. Because option A is you're excited and they're excited. And you oh. need the enrollment on both sides
0: from both yeah. people. And and here's the thing: you said a couple of things in there that were really important because that the per first of all. Who am I talking to? If that person has three kids and a parent living with them and a husband who travels a lot and you're telling them they have to run 10 miles, it's not happening. And you're done. You've you've just lost the sale just with that one piece of who's the person? What can they realistically fit in? And so maybe. Okay, Connie, I know you wanted to do it in two months. It's really based on your schedule. Really, really digging. It's going to take you four months. But let's be real about it. But trust me, you're going to lose that at the end. You're going to have fun, and you're not going to wake up dreading the day because you have to run ten miles, right? All of a sudden, I'm feeling empowered that I can do it too. But you understood what my parameters are because we all want to lose weight, but everybody has a different schedule. What is the commit? What is the true time commitment? Now we could carve that out. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah, you do. You do. You can walk around your your development for one, one hour, right? Or 15 minutes or whatever. But we have to bring it to where the person is, not where we think they should be. It doesn't matter what I think. It's where are they? What is the reality? And the other thing we're talking about, you were saying about objections. You're right. In my world, I don't ever get an objection. And it's not because I'm great, guys. That's just not... I will say you to are people... Great. Well, thank you so much, Justine. Back at you, sister. But that's really not the reason. It's just that my process works because as I'm talking to that per, I had the conversation today with a a prospect. They're going through mergers. They have a lot going on. And so at the end, I'm I'm all excited for them. They're doing so many great things. They have another organization building culture and all this stuff, more mindset work. So I said, so two years, we're going to work together. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would have asked for the business now. They're not ready for me because they have all these other things. It would be inappropriate. It would be wrong, and they're not—they're not ready to do this piece of the puzzle. It's a long game. It's not about I need it by tomorrow because that—that that is not reality. But so, but now that person, we talk quarterly. We—we we love each other. Hey, what was our vacation? It's not always about business either, but it's about getting to know each other and trusting each other. And when no. the time comes, it's not how much do you cost. He knows I'm not going to be cheap, right? But he knows that he's going to get his money's worth out of me. And here's the last thing I want to say about the money. You should never apologize. You should never discount Oh, as long yes. as your pricing is fair. Here's the thing. If you're, if you're selling something that's really worth a thousand dollars in the marketplace and you think you're worth 25,000, do a little bit of a reality check. Okay. So that's the first thing. Be, be fair, right? Be fair to who you're selling to. And the price point should equate to what the deliverables are. So that's the first piece of the puzzle. I have a, a pricing grid. This many days that you want me, this is what the cost is. I'm about the relationship. I don't want a one and done. You want a one and done? I could do that. It's going to cost you more than if you want to build a culture and bring your whole team through, right? So that's the first thing people have to understand. And the other thing is sometimes people say, we need all of this. And I say, and it's not going to happen in a year. Your people cannot learn that much and you don't have the budget. I'm not discounting my prices to fit into your budget because humans we're dealing with humans, but you have to understand all the moving parts. Otherwise you're going to keep getting objections. So that's a real piece of the puzzle that you mentioned. You, You kind of skimmed over it with the, that you don't get objections either, but it's because we're playing the long game. It's not, Oh, I have a sales call. I better make the sale today. It's not how it works. If the sale is appropriate, go for it. But if it's not, when will it be appropriate? Build that in and be that planning partner for whoever that client or prospect is.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's the role of marketing is pre-selling your offer and qualifying right. people and being transparent. That's right. My pricing's on my website. Anybody can go there and see what the pricing is. So that adds a layer of it's very easy for me to feel like, you know, when someone asks me the pricing question, this is what it costs. This is what people pay me. I don't have to. Reduce Like the value is 10x what you're going to pay. And that's, that's right. how I like to feel when that's I'm right. selling. And so when I think about, it's so funny, because usually people who do get money objections, and I hear this a lot. I discounted and they still said no. And then I discounted again and they still said no. And I discounted again. And they will go back and forth. They'll take a $10,000 offer and they'll get it all the way down to like two or $3,000 with all the different deals and discounts. And the person still says no. And they go, well, they told me it was about the money and they kept objecting. So I kept giving discounts. And I look at them and I say, and what did you learn from this experience? Was it that's about right. the money? Do you really believe that's true now? And they go, well, I don't, I don't know what else it could be. So I get, I thought it had to be the money. That's what they said. And I would ask questions, simple questions that they could have uncovered the answers to yeah. with curiosity throughout the sales conversation. And they never know the answers because they spent the whole time consumed by the idea of price that they were not consumed by the desire to help the other person see the value Yeah. answering really important questions. And when they say, you know, certain things about the offer they don't take time like you said in that other example if they're a mom and their husband travels and they live with their parents and they've got all these things going on you know a good sales dialogue is understanding the entire landscape not even always just around what we're selling but for you for instance working in a company when you say you know it's not going to happen in a year because your team can't learn that much It's not because they're not a smart team that has the capacity to learn. It's the fact that they actually are investing in three different training programs next year or something like that, right, as an example. And they've actually got a couple of different fundamental skills that have to be simultaneously learned and managed and spread across the team. And this is how they're going to be integrated. And they need a certain level of practice. And certain people need to learn how to be better leaders and bring other people up in the organization. And you need more time with those people. And you only figure those things out by sitting with them and asking the right questions. So it's, it all really comes back to that.
0: And it's so interesting because when I meet again with a corporate client, there's a lot of people at stake. It's not just a one-on-one, right? With a business owner. And a lot of times I'll say, tell me your perception, whoever the executive is, your perception of what is the skill level. And Mm. it's interesting because sometimes they'll know, or sometimes they'll say, well, I have the regional here. I'd like each of the regional to talk about their teams. Yeah. And then, but now I could, and then I'll ask them questions. Well, are they doing this skill? No, they're not. And I say, okay, that, oh, we need them to do that. Okay. Right. So again, I'm not giving any recommendations. I'm just understanding. And then a lot of times people will say to me you know, I never thought about the skill level coming in that we do have some veterans that maybe have only been with our organization. And then we have other people who actually come in more skilled because they worked with three organizations over 20 years. So they have a little bit more exposure to different leadership or different models and what have you. And I go, ah, well, how do we bring all of them together? What is the culture you want? Like, and then they go, Oh, we have to think about that. And I go, well, that's okay. That's why we're having this conversation. So yeah. it just, again, I think we tried it and we're out of time, Justine, but I, I think the bottom line, well, we, we should do another show by the way, but because this is just too important. And we, I have even more questions that I know again, cause you deal with the smaller business. I deal with the the more, you know, billion dollar organizations, but at the end of the day, it's the same behaviors it and is. the same approach. Just our ideal clients just varies ever so slightly. So I do think that these conversations are are just so valid for my corporate people, but for individual wow. business owners listening um, as well. Um the last thing I did want to say was we, we are dealing with humans. And and I always say to especially a CEO, I go, you realize, like we're doing this training. I come in for a day, let's say, to train Justine or her team Yeah, who's following up, mm-hmm. Who who's holding them accountable, who's inspecting what's expected. Is there a coaching program? Do you need me to teach the coaching? Do you have somebody else who's going to? And they go, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I didn't think of that. I said, you don't want to spend money and it goes down the toilet. So after the training is when the real learning begins. So, and I say, remember, we're not lifting people's brains, hit, lifting the head up, flicking a switch. And they know what I know after 40 years. It's not how it works. And I get mm-hmm. the laughter and they well, oh, that's true. I say, okay, but what, what really is the landing pad? Depending on, but we need to uncover all of this and people go, Oh, this makes so, this is complicated. It is and it isn't if we understand the human and where they are we have to meet people where they are yeah. and then understand what your end game is there's a gap right what is that bridge now we have to build the bridge but now we're we're dealing with facts the bridge becomes super easy and 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 it really and you said something before too and the word clarity popped into my head mm. when you're talking or they they were worried about the money being the excuse it was an excuse right because they really didn't want to buy the program probably something right. else was going on their own defeated attitude or whatever, right? Something personally was happening, but Mm -hmm. there wasn't clarity in how that person they were worrying about the money, not clarity of, well, wait a minute. Do you understand what you're getting at the end? Clearly the client didn't, or mm. there was a missing disconnect between them. If clients, whoever you're selling to has clarity of what they're actually going to get, and it is valuable to them right here, right now, they're going to say yes every time. So that clarity of exchange, people who are clear will make a move. People who have questions, they're, they're not going to buy from you because they have too many questions internally. And then the buyer's resistance. That's another whole topic, but the buyer's resistance kick in.
1: I think there's a couple of things that came up in what you just said. One of which is when I train people on sales, I say the mark of an amazing sales conversation is when you get to the very end of a call and you ask, do you have any other questions? And the person says, no, I think I'm good. And you pause and say, don't you want to know what it costs? That's my favorite Way to end a conversation. They go, Oh, yeah. Like I was all, I mean, it didn't really matter, I guess, because I was already sold. And right. that's the mark of a great sales conversation. And another thing that you said about, um, the continuation and the coaching and the, and ingraining these skills within your people and making sure that they're well equipped long term to use them and master them and do all of the things with them. I really believe, you know, when you look at the buyer cycle and people talk about it's three stages, right? It's awareness, consideration, decision. And I actually add on a fourth one, nurture, which when people say, what do you teach when it comes to sales? I always say it's not like just talking to someone and overcoming objections and defining your sales process. It's pre-sales. It's during the sales conversation. And more importantly, and most importantly, it's what happens after the sales conversation and it's increasing that lifetime customer value it's becoming part of the culture it's those long-term relationships but more important than that it's understanding the needs that drive the decisions to move people forward that actually you care which is the mark of a good salesperson is caring about people respecting them and wanting them to get their value it's not about that one and done. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I do, I offer laser sessions. I tell people, if you got one problem, come to me, we'll solve the problem. No problem. Sure. Sure. But most importantly, a lot of times they need more than that. And it's a disservice to overlook that out of a fear that you don't want to oversell something or get into a weird conversation about price. What matters most is what they're needing. And that nurture piece is so critical. And it's It's just one of those things where you have to think about it as a holistic approach. It's what's their experience during every stage and especially the last one. Selling actually, in my mind, and I'm curious to hear if you agree with this, begins really taking off once you make the sale because it is serving them and making sure that they get everything they need. And if I want to guarantee results of my offers, which I always do, and I know you do, then I better deliver what I say I'm going to deliver. And if that means that they're going to have to pay me 10 times as much because I'm going to have to work with them for however long, that's what it is. And I think they're going to get on board if that's the outcome that they want. Because at the end of the day, we're selling the outcome, not the offer.
0: And here, amen. And here's the other piece of it. They're going to become your best referral partners too. Because they know exactly what you can do. They know who your ideal client is because they're your ideal client yep. and you get referrals. I have lived off referrals for 23 years in business. Yep. And then I lived off referrals in my career after five years in sales, starting in my 20s, not having a network. And within five years, I was living off referrals. So this this is what we're talking about. It really is playing that long game. And the last thing I just want to comment on, it's funny because my clients, probably August, September, they reach out and they say, hey, Khan, we're talking about next year. What do you think our employees need? Because they, they look at me as an expert. They say, we have this many new hires, what new classes, old classes, right? Cause I come back and I do quarterly classes for them for new hires, newly promoted, that kind of thing. And they'll say, and is there a price increase? Just let us know. Here are the numbers we have. Just give us the number so we can put it in budget, I'm not sending a contract or anything. And I go, okay, I go, yeah. I'll, I'll give me, give me a few days. Right. And I get that to them. And, and then what happens is they'll send me other people. And I had one CEO, she said to me at Christmas, we sent each other a little gift because they're, she's lovely. I'm lovely, right? We, we love each other. <laughs> and she said, I just want to, in the note, she said, I just want to say thank you. Not only did you deliver what you said you were going to deliver. My people love you, and I can't believe the changes I'm already seeing. I'm excited for for 2024. I don't have to make another sale because I'm over-delivered. Exactly what you said. They're getting ten times what they're paying in the result, and she's seeing the results now. The proof is in the pudding. You can't you can't just show up and make the sale and make the money and think I'm done. It's it's the deliverables that are really where the rubber, I think, hits the road, and then that's okay. how we generate referrals, and that's another whole conversation, right? Well, how and we that nurture? is. It's how it becomes
1: cyclical because when you master the nurture, it feeds the pre-selling, which means I don't have to do any marketing. Most of my business is just me sitting back and getting on maybe a sales call every once in a while. People just go to my website, they apply, they work with me. It's easy. I spend most of my time now just fulfilling and enjoying the process of doing it. And I don't have to work so hard for it. Like When people are are saying, you know, it's so much work on the back end, or I've got to maybe restructure my offers. I'm like, don't you think that's worth it? Don't you think it's worth it? Because when you change your offer to fulfill and meet a need that someone is telling you that they need, you're keeping that client longer. They're referring you to other people. Now you don't have to market. How many hours are you spending on marketing right now? five hours a week. Okay. How about you spend two hours a week fulfilling that client, increasing their lifetime customer value, getting three referrals from them and never having to think about that again. They go, oh yeah,
0: I guess it's worth it. Right. And money that's the money. point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, Justine, it's so funny. It's simple. As long as you understand how right. simple it is, then you know what to execute. And this isn't a diss on anybody, right? I've been doing this 40 years. You've been doing this almost two decades where it, 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 You know, and I say this to to the, you know, in my classes, you know, I have a lot of young people who graduated and they look at me sometimes feeling defeated. And I look at them and I go, do you think I came out of the womb like this? You don't compare 40 years to six months in a position. You have the personality, you have the gumption, you have the smarts, you have the ambition, you have the curiosity, you have this loving energy. You're going to do great Can you walk before you run? And they go, oh, I feel better, right? So we compare, that comparophobia comparophobia is very bad. Don't compare yourself to those that are 10, 20 years ahead of you. You're not being fair to yourself. Learn what you can from them. But don't compare your numbers or your results with someone who has just a bunch more of experience, right? Because it becomes part of our DNA. We don't even think about sales anymore. Um, I I equate this to the passport. You got a passport, you're expecting
1: to have traveled the world the next day. (laughs) Nobody does. Like, what the heck? It's totally unreasonable. You just got the passport. Put
0: one stamp in it. You're going to get there. I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to tell Justine said, it's like a passport. <laughs> uh, We are out of time. So listen, guys, if you need more Justine in your life, uh, go to her website, which is JustineBeauRegard.com. I will put it in the show notes. Email Justine if you have a specific question, justine at JustineBeauRegard.com, And you do have a free gift. I'll put that in the show notes. Just tell everybody what they get on that link.
1: Yeah, so if you go to justinebeauregard.com slash link, it's got a couple of different free resources. So you can like choose your own adventure, whatever speaking to you, whatever gap you need to fill at the time. And there's also a link at the very bottom of that page to my website, um, podcast people over profit. So you can listen to those very short digestible episodes on sales, marketing, business growth, things like that, where we really cover topics in detail in a short bursts. So each episode is about 15 minutes, it's going to teach you something, it's going to give you a next step. So you can really listen, quickly
0: take action on it and start seeing progress right away. Love it. So I will put all three links in the show notes, guys. Reach out to Justine. Check her out. Um, she might be what you need. The next step in whatever your business growth is, your sales acumen, whatever it is, Justine might be the answer. So Thank you so much, Justine, for being on And great, always Thanks a great live conversation with you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love it too. Thank you so much. And I hope you will join us weekly as we question, build and discover no matter where you are in changing your sales game, your career, opening a business, whatever it is, fill in the blank. I really hope my guests and I provide some ideas, even if it just creates curiosity within you to explore further or something we said where you think, oh. So easy. I can implement that to my sales calls or I can implement that into my teaching, my team of, of leaders or whatever it might be. So again, information's a beautiful thing. I say this every show, Justine. Information's a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, simply information sitting in your brain. I promise you, as soon as you put that idea, tip, strategy, whatever we talked about that resonated with you today, put it into action. There's a reaction and then magic happens on the back end. It's magical, but it's not because you're in full control. So again, take, take the tip, idea, strategy, put it into place. And I know, I know it's going to change your life. Thank you again, my friend, for being on. And thank you for tuning in to Changing the Sales Game. It's me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I truly wish you an inspired week where you change something tangible that you think is the next step for you. And even if it's not, once we're in motion, change becomes a heck of a lot easier. So go into motion, be inspired, act, guys. This is your life, your career, your business. You've got it, man. You've got it. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next week. Have a great one, everybody. And thanks again, Justine.
1: Thank you. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember lead with heart, and your sales will follow.